You are listening to Trophy Horse with your host, Tricky Mick, Alex, I yield to no one, Steve, and Sid. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Horrors. This is episode 492. I'm your host, Jackie Mick. Alongside with me, the man, the myth, the legend, it's Alex. You know, I'm glad we brought on a guest to deal with some of these trolls out here. He brings the awesome every week. It's I yield to no one. I'm bringing back a Donnie favorite on the last topic. And we have a special guest who, uh, he's across the pond... And he has been uh, fairly angered by some of the recent anti-Sony comments on the show, so I had to bring him on so he can vent. It's Mark. What's up, guys? All right. Uh, so how are you guys doing? I'm surviving the heat. Still hot out there? It is now. <laughs> Not hot where you are, Tricky? Uh, it's been in the 70s and 80s here. I mean, oh, to me, just wait. Really well, we just went through uh, a rainstorm that, you know, everybody was fearing it was going to be a hurricane. Barely, barely drizzled out here. Well, I mean, you got to be prepared for the worst, Tricky. Yes, I mean, after Sandy, obviously, we always uh, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. But, I, yeah, it was just a bunch of rain. I guess that we get worse summers and you guys get worse winters. That's the way it works out. And I prefer it that way because when, when it snows, that's white gold. <laughs> I get I get make too much money during the winter months. All right, let's do as we do every week and give you an updated trophy count. I am level six hundred and sixteen with total trophies of fourteen thousand three hundred and seventy one with a two hundred sixty eight platinums. Alex, level four forty six with a total trophy count of seven thousand four hundred twenty one and a platinum count of one hundred fourteen platinums in one hundred and thirteen games. Yield. Four five four. It's trophy count of seven six two seven, and a platinum count of one thirty three. Sid is level five eighteen with total trophies of ten thousand four hundred eighty and one hundred eighty platinums. And Mark, um, level four seven six, total trophies nine one eight five and one hundred and forty eight platinums. I think it's been a while since we've been on the show. Uh, do you have any what we would defer or what? Alice and Yield would uh, refer to as shameful platinums. Shameful? No, I don't. I don't. I don't do tricky games. Um, oh, snap! <laughs> no, no, no shameful ones. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was one recent one. Uh, Bio Mutant before that. And Ooh, how is that game? That game they got such a bad press, but it's such a good game. It's really good. It's um. What's the game you've been playing, Tricky, recently um, by Ubisoft? Tricky. Yeah, so the game Tricky's play. I can't remember what the name of it. I have got the Platinum in it. One second, I can tell you what, what it's called now. Oh, Immortals Phoenix Rising. It's kind of like that, but better. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a really good game. It just got a really bad launch, um, and, and people just didn't seem to like it. I thought it was amazing. As I say, the trailers I saw from 
the, the, the PlayStation Store, it looked fun. If you see it on sale, you'll pick it up. It's your type of game. You'll like okay. it. Okay. All right. All right. Let's move on to what we've been playing. Mark, let's start with you. What have you been playing, sir? Um, Hades. I picked Hades up the other day. Um, it was after listening to the show. I totally forgot it was coming out, and I heard Alex talking about it. So I, I went on to Amazon, picked that up, and been playing that a little bit. Um, te- a, a game called Tales of Vesperia as well, which you you lot might not know. Um, but there's a, a new Tales of game, which is sort of a long-running series of RPGs that's coming out soon, the sequel to it. So I've been playing the older games and the game on my Vita called uh, Rainbow Skies. All right, Alex. So, aside from our continued Rocket League Thursdays over on Twitch, after finishing Rush and Clank Rift Apart, I do want to go back and finish challenge mode and, and level up all the weapons, get the Omega versions, and do all that. But I have been playing Maneater. It's one of the we got it free for PlayStation Plus back in January. Of course, it was the source of a big hullabaloo uh, in regards to it being discounted before it became free to plus. And uh, but yeah, I mean, I like playing games where you play as a shark. They're just a lot of fun. Like we escape real life and play video games because we want to feel like a badass. And you know, you don't really have to sell anyone on being a badass shark because sharks are just kind of badass. I mean, they are tip-top predators. So uh, starting out of the game, uh, overall, I like it. But the controls at first felt kind of janky. And I guess as I've gotten older, like that's one cool thing about the game is you get you know you start out as a baby shark and then you get to a teen, adult, elder, and then eventually a mega. And as you get bigger. Like, I guess that your your stats and your strengths outweigh, like, all the negatives. Because I still feel like the controls aren't that great. But because I'm a much stronger shark now, I can kind of over like overcome that. And, like, I've gotten to the point now where I'm dominating most things with ease. So, I mean, just growing your shark is, is fun in and of itself. I enjoy just going around and, like, doing what a shark does and just eating things and just wreaking chaos. And uh, I'm not a huge fan of the missions, like the mission structure. Like, yeah, a lot of it is just like go around, eat this, eat this number of things or like, but the thing that kills me is it's like eat this many people. And like a lot of times you have to go on to land and like maneuver around like, you know, like structures on land to get to people. And it's just kind of like a very frustrating thing. I don't like, you know, having to go on to land as a shark and, you know, hop around and try to kill people. It's not, not quite as fun. But uh, so I could do without the mission structure. Uh, but, you know, the, there's the thing that really drew me to this game is that the fact there's apex predators in every area. So there's seven areas in the game, and you, at the end of, like, or once you get to a certain point, you get to fight apex predators, which is really cool. So I thought that was a really cool concept. in the game? And I like the fact that you not only have human enemies, like hunters that you have to face and fight off against, but you also have the, the, the monsters of the deep that you have to fight against, too. That's a really cool dichotomy that I really enjoy. As well as, like, just existing as a shark in this game. Like, you go above water, you're just skimming the surface, and you see, like, this world that exists above you. And then you can dip down underwater and, like, look at this underwater, like, marine life. Like, these two different worlds that you kind of live in between. It's it's really, really cool. So I do like that aspect of the game. So overall, I'm really positive on the game. Uh, The mission structure isn't that great. I think it's kind of boring. It gets kind of tedious. And um, the controls still feel kind of janky. It's like, if there ever, like, were a hack-and-slash-style game for a shark... This is it, because you just chomp down on so much, you just wear out the R2 button. But, you know, the Apex Predator stuff, you know, having to fight against human enemies as well, and just being able to be a shark and live kind of between two worlds, it's, it's really cool. So I do like Man Eater a lot, and, you know, if you if you got it for free on Plus and you haven't cracked into it yet, I would definitely say go ahead and play it, because it is a fun game. And it, did it, you it, just completely and, ignore me, or did you just... I didn't hear you. Hear me. 
We kept saying Apex Predator. I said, is Randy Orton in this game? No, no Randy Orton. No, we, we Randy Orton you. couldn't handle these Apex Predators. Randy Orton's not fighting off an, an alligator or an orca. He can't do that. Yield, what have you been playing, sir? So, besides Rocket League on Thursdays, uh, finished out and platinum Lego Lord of the Rings, and fired up uh, Watch Dogs, which... I have to say, I'm not really digging it so far. You've never played Watch Dogs? No, hadn't played it yet. First time playing through and not really digging it. Really? Really. I I, I, like I, I, I don't know if it's because they just kind of threw you out in there and didn't really explain. And what they did explain, they threw a shit ton of stuff at you at once. I, 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 I don't quite know yet. So, I'm not liking the mini-games, because if I want to sit down and play poker, I'll buy a casino game if I want realistic poker. If you're going to put a poker game in there, make it a lot faster, you know? Make your bet, here's the cards, keep making your bet, move on. I don't want to sit around and wait for them to deal, wait for them to shuffle, it's just, it, it takes up too much gaming time. It, it, it is a little soft. And you, you're going to hate the drinking game, too. Well, I haven't got to that yeah. yet. And I, and I just did the the shell game, which that one wasn't bad. That, that that was kind of enjoyable. And I haven't, I haven't, but maybe it's because I haven't gotten too much into the game yet. I'm not, I'm not willing to write it off yet. It just hasn't grabbed my attention like the trailer did. I think they pa- right. I think they patched the drinking game. They patched it to make it a lot easier. It, it's still a lot easier. I, I, I don't know if it's a lot easier, but it's, it's definitely still. Uh, it's her- horrific. The second game's much better though. Yield. If you're going to play all three of them, the second game's really good. Okay. Well, I have the and, second one. I, I just want to get like the first Legion one. Too. The first one gets better all as right. you go along. Well, that's good. All right. And uh, did I ask everybody? Hold on. No. Hold on. Before I think. Before we uh, we move on, can I can I make one add on to my little spiel about Man Eater? You uh you have some uh what were you playing DLC? Well, yeah, I mean just in general, like I mentioned that I don't really like the mission structure of the game, and I kind of wanted to offer a solution. Like, yeah, I mean, like I think that you know when it comes to the the Apex Predators, they come into the area once you've you know completed enough missions or done certain missions. So I feel like. Like, with the humans, like, if you... It's kind of like Grand Theft Auto, where you cause enough chaos above land, or, like, on land or above water. The hunters and stuff, they start coming after you. So, like, it should be the same underwater. Instead of giving me these missions where it's like, okay, go here and and kill this many of this thing. Just, like, have a meter where you have enough ecological destruction underwater, where once you do a certain amount to hurt the biodiversity underneath the water, just have the Apex Predator show up. Don't tie me to a mission structure. Just allow me to go create chaos as, as I see fit. And then eventually had the apex predator come in um, and do that. I just I just don't like the mission structure. And I feel like they could have done as being as fun as it is to be a shark in that game. I feel like they could have taken out a traditional mission structure and it would have been just as fun so, or more fun and less tedious. So sorry for whoever time I took up there. Do we <laughs> do we get from Mark? Did Mark say what he's playing? No, I, I didn't think so. Mark, what have you been playing? No, I said mine first. You you came to me you first. Did. Yeah. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. So I'm I'm the only one that hasn't gotten yet. The only things I've been playing is some Rock Band Four. Uh, yield, you got to get back into it. What? What? You, what uh, you're not carrying the the, the band? 
Uh, I haven't been able to carry the band. Oh, okay. So wait, uh, is that an admission that yield is better than you? No, I need I need him to put in some work as well. But see, but see, you need you need yield. It's like it's kind of like CM Punk and Triple H. I don't need yield to put in high scores. You remember when uh, CM Punk told Triple H, "Hey, I don't need to work you. I don't need to work with you. You need to work with me." It's kind of what's going on with you and Yield here. Oh jeez, you, you had to bring a CM Punk reference into this. Damn right I did. Made his, Be- best made moment his, uh, in wrestling returned. in goddamn decades. Uh, I've been playing some Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I did download the uh, DLC and the uh, PlayStation Five version, uh, but I have not been able to access them yet. Uh, and I've been playing mostly Marvel's Avengers because they released the new Black Panther DLC. Uh, I do like what they've done, but it just seems like they have ramped up the difficulty incredibly high, and I'm having a hard time getting through the last mission, especially the last fight. Um, it's They've added a couple mechanics to the game in which you cannot see your enemies, and the enemies, while they all are tough as hell as ready to beat, they all have these protective shields that you can only disable one in one way, and you have to basically basically parry and dodge long enough to get that skill back to hit that one enemy, and you might miss. And it seems like even when you successfully uh, perfectly dodge, and I know that I'm successfully perfectly dodging because you get credit for it in some uh, some of the stats, they still somehow hit you and take off your enemy, your life. So it seems like uh, the hitbox might be off right now. Uh, but I am enjoying going back and playing Marvel's Avengers. Uh, it is also a little jarring to hear Kratos' voice as T'Challa. Uh, that throws me off just a little <laughs> bit. Uh, but with that, that's all I've been playing. So with that being said, Mark, choose a number one, two, three, four, or five. Right. If you're looking for additional ways to support us, you can always stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com backslash provengamer. No matter what tier you decide to support us at, know that it helps pay the bills and is greatly appreciated. And it's the only way to get the newest podcast, Tricky Thoughts, where Tricky sits down and discusses current events, social issues, and much more. Alex, I know you don't like that ad, but I you may, do See, here's the thing. We should add a Patreon tier. Thoughts. Where my ads, you can pay to have my ads not in the show because they're so bad and so echoey. <laughs> I, I like I said, I, I appreciate your. I know you don't like it, but I appreciate the enthusiasm when you when you say tricky thoughts. Tricky thoughts. All right. Wait, wait so has there been a new get... episode of Tricky Thoughts in a while? Uh, it has not. I haven't been able to upload. Uh, I haven't been able to sit down and record any. Tricky's have no thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I have a lot. Of, I have a lot of thoughts. I just haven't been able to sit down with them. Yield, what were you going to say? No, I was laughing at Tricky has no thoughts. Oh. Alright, well, here's something else we can all laugh at. Skyrim is getting released yet again. No! Stop! Money grab! Money grab! (laughs) This is coming from IGN. is written by Kat Bailey. Skyrim is back again. Bethesda announced it is releasing the Elder Scrolls Skyrim for next-gen consoles, bringing it various enhancements. Perhaps the biggest piece of news that this version will be available to PlayStation 5. In the wake of Bethesda's acquisition by Xbox, the availability of the game, like the Elder Scrolls on Sony's platforms, has been an ongoing concern. In this instance, at least PlayStation fans are being included. 
The anniversary edition will include 10 years worth of content plus some new features. One new feature, a free fishing mechanic. Plus, if you own Skyrim Special Edition, there is an upgrade to, to the... There's an upgrade path to the anniversary edition, although it will not be free. For folks who just want to play Skyrim on the next-gen consoles, a free next-gen upgrade will be coming to all players. You know, Microsoft really has nothing to lose by this because so many people have played Skyrim before that why not just release it on everything again? Why does it matter? Uh, I, honestly, I'm at the point where I'm not even mad about reboots and remasters anymore because clearly there's, <laughs> everyone's going to keep doing them. So, buy it if you want. If it makes you happy, buy it and play it again. And if you don't want to pay for it, don't pay for it. Because, I mean, regardless of how much we complain, they're going to keep coming. Uh, The anniversary edition will be released on November 11th of this year. Yul, do you have any comments about this? I said all my comments at the very beginning. Uh, This is my shock face. Mark, I love Skyrim. I'll buy Skyrim on every console every time they release it. I'll just keep buying it. Um, I don't like I don't like the charge. Same with Ghost of Tsushima. I don't like the I don't like the little added charge for virtually nothing. So what what's free with this one? Like fishing? They've added fishing. I, I can't. I'm, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm I, telling you, it, it, it's a test market. Yeah, everybody everybody who jumps in for this little this little pay upgrade. I agree. It's, it's going to become the norm. Yeah, I agree. I the, I don't understand why I'm getting charged to go fishing. That 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 that's all it'll be. But if people keep paying it, like Alex said, they just just keep doing it. If it look, if there's money, people can call this a cash grab and that a cash grab and all that a cash grab. But if you are a company and you can make money off of something and people will buy it, then can we really blame you for releasing it and putting it out there? No. I mean, so, I, and again, like, you look, it's kind of hard to, like, pick at Skyrim and be like, oh, make fun of Skyrim for being on every single console ever and, like, continually being re-released when, look at Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto Five is getting a release on the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and S. Like, you can't pick it one without picking up the other, too. Yeah, both of, both of those games have now come over three different generations of consoles, which And is... no one ever shits on GTA for that. No. I mean, to be fair to GTA, with the online stuff, they have a bit more content regularly pumped out, but Skyrim, Skyrim's just going to be Skyrim with fishing. If you haven't played it, buy it and play it. It's amazing. It's an amazing game, but... Have they released any DLC for Skyrim lately? They, they, no, these, I think there's three original DLCs that came out not long after release, so there's, there's, two, that are, there's two that are quite small... Um, one with vampires, and then there's a really lengthy, sort of chunky game that they added on, which could have been a standalone game, and that's a really good DLC. But no, nothing, not fishing. Fishing's apparently a DLC now. Well, let me let me ask you something, Mark. Uh, like by now, with how Skyrim has been just everywhere, and I'm not saying it's not a good game, but do you really think that there are enough people that have passed on it? Like who 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 is who's still sitting on Skyrim? Hasn't anybody who wants to play that game played it already? People will continue to buy it on every console. I've got, I've got just to list off, I've got it on the Xbox 360. I've got it on the PlayStation 3. I've got it on the Switch, the PS4, the PC. So I'm one of the idiots that keeps buying it. Well, I'm not calling you an idiot. I no, no, I, I'm calling me an idiot. <laughs> but, like, I mean, you made it, just made a comment. Like, I'm, I know that people will continue to buy it, but... You made a comment about if you haven't played it, and I'm like, 
who hasn't played this game that wants to because it's been available on almost everything. No. I haven't played it, and I will not play it. Well, yeah, but you haven't played it. You, the reason you haven't played it is because you don't want to. Spiders. Right. Spiders. Why Tricky? Yeah, yeah. He, he's not going to play it because of the spiders. I guarantee Tricky well, would not have played Sp- Skyrim even without spiders. You know what? You say that, but yet the Black Panther DLC for Avengers has multiple spiders, and I'm still handling it fine. Maybe I'm growing. In, in, Maybe. Terms of, in terms of all-time top games, it's in my top five for Skyrim. It's that good. Skyrim's just unreal. It's an amazing game. But, like you say, if you're interested, by now, after 57 million releases, you'd have probably played one of them. Mark, do you, I'm curious, because I saw an ad for it on the PlayStation Network. Do you play Elder Scrolls Online? Uh, I've tried Elder Scrolls Online. It was uh, It was awful. It was. I, I, I've played online games before, but this seemed to have no direction. And I think I played a very early iteration of it, so I think they added a lot more story as it's been going along. But it was just a bad first few few goes at it for me, and I just couldn't get into it. And the reason I ask is because it obviously Elder Scrolls and Skyrim in particular have a very like rabid fan base. Like people love those game series, and I, it shocks me like that. The, like something like you, that you would say about Elder Scrolls Online. I mean, maybe that's just you know, like you said, your early on opinion. But the fact that they have not been able to find a way to capitalize on a continuous platform for Elder Scrolls in the way that they in the in the way that they keep finding people to buy Skyrim. Like I just figure that that would be right for a platform, a service to sell people, like Ubisoft is trying to do with Assassin's Creed here in the future. Yeah, I mean, the Elder Scrolls Online, because I do follow the news on it just to see what's happening with it, and it's had tons of add-ons that have, that have come out over the years, so I'd, I'd probably go back and try it at some point just to see what it's like, but that the early stages of, of when it first came out, it was it was pretty bad, especially I mean, when especially when you're used to Oblivion and Skyrim, which were just sort of, at the time, quite groundbreaking games. And I went into that with such high expectations after playing Skyrim, and it just didn't match up. Yeah, because, I mean, like, starting a service like that is a good idea, because obviously that is a world that people want to continue to exist in. I mean, you yeah. probably could get something like that on The Witcher, and people would respond, like, hopefully the same way with the same amount of excitement. But just the whole world of The Elder Scrolls, like, people have been following it for so long, and they're such huge fans that... Like, just creating this world that people can consistently live in yeah. is probably the best thing they can do. Well, I'd, I have played two other online sort of MMORPGs, which was Final Fantasy XI, that was on the Xbox 360, and Final Fantasy XIV, which I've played on the PlayStation 4. Now, Final Fantasy XIV is a huge game, sort of dominates that, that market in particular, and that's a, that's a really good game. I think Elder Scrolls is up there somewhere, but just not quite on the same level. And Final Fantasy XIV is a, a paid subscription one as well. It's not free to play. All right. Let's move on to our next topic here. Uh, uh, you'll just hold back your Fortnite comments because I know you're going to go there. Okay. Uh, also, uh, another article come from IGN written by Jared Moore. Among Us developers call out Fortnite's suspect new mode. Members of the development team for the highly successful game Among Us have taken to social media to call out Fortnite's new impossible mode, which strongly resembles their game. The new mode, which pits eight agents against two imposters in a battle of wits, espionage, 
shares an uncanny similarity to Among Us in terms of gameplay and design. After the announcement, which Intersoft confirmed to IGN was not a collaboration between the two games, individual members of the indie studio took to Twitter to share their feelings on the situation. Programmer Gary Porter was quick to point out some of the similarities between Fortnite's loop control facility and Scaled, the first map to debut in Among Us. Intersoft co-founder Marcus Bromander, what a hell of a name, <laughs> better known by his online name Puffballs United, also a good name, added, quote, we didn't patent Among Us mechanics. I don't think that leads us to a healthy game industry. Is it really that hard to put 10% more effort into making your own spin on it, though? End quote. Among Us community director Vic Victoria Tran said on Twitter, quote, it would have been really, really cool to collab, end quote, before going on to the point that the semen similarities in themes and terminology that the two games share. Despite the team's grievances with Fortnite's new game mode, it's not all doom and gloom for the indie studio. The team at Intersoft is working on a number of projects with other indie developers that feature Among Us collaborations. According to Caleb Underwood of Robot Teddy, a video games consultant agency working within Intersoft, the studio has a number of co stock contracts for the Among Us IP that developers can request to use for their games. Underwood encouraged others to reach out should they want uh, more Among Us collaboration in the future. So, I bring this up, and you'll, I'm going to unleash you for your comments. I bring this up because Fortnite was born, um, and it was accused of basically copying PUBG. Now, Fortnite is putting out a new mode, and they're being uh, accused of stealing another successful game's uh, properties. So, Yield, I'm going to leave the floor to you to let you start off. Uh, is this Epic Games' just highly sus at this point? I really don't care anymore because I don't follow anything Fortnite. I mean, they can go do whatever they want to do. They're not going to get any of my money. Yeah, but how do you feel about them basically blatantly copying another successful's mechanics? Everybody does it. It's just you normally tweak it a little bit so it's not so obvious. I mean, if they blatantly did it, then take them to court and shut them down. All right, Alex? Yeah, I mean, you know, video games, like, someone finds something that works really well, and other developers learn from that, and they use it, maybe not the exact, like, carbon copy of it, but... You know, you see mechanics of games that work really well, and you'll see them in other games in the future. Not just from that developer, but from other people, too. So, I mean, if they really feel like their IP was infringed upon, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to take this to court or anything. Maybe they don't want to deal with Epic's, you know, the money, the amount of money Epic has. in you know, because obviously Epic is currently taking on Apple, so they have the money to go to court. But I, uh, I don't know. I feel like if they really, truly felt like everything was infringed upon, then they would they would take them to court or, you know, at least make a more legal issue out of it, but it seems like they're taking it in stride and, you know, they're trying to, you know, do more to protect their IP in the future, but not necessarily... I, I, I think they, they realize that it's not it's something that, like, looks familiar, but they can't really take any action upon it because it's not, you know, directly stolen from their, their game. So. But with how many collabs that Epic and Fortnite do within Fortnite. I mean, you see them all the time. There's, you know, there's currently like I guess Rick and Morty's the big current collab they're doing. You would figure that with the amount of money that game makes, that they wouldn't have a problem reaching out to people and say, "Hey, let's collaborate on this." Especially a, a game that's popular and like uh, pop culture-y at the moment. Part of the zeitgeist at the moment is, you know, Among Us is. 
You know, because how many people have you heard? Like, people don't say suspect anymore. They just say sus. How many times do you hear sus in a month? I, I mean, don't. I live in a house with two, lot. like, a middle school and a high school, so I hear it a fucking time. Oh, I'm sorry. Speak English, people! <laughs> Mark, how do you feel? Oh, so I, 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 I think it's, it's, it's a bit mean, really. I think Fortnite have bullied a smaller creator. I think they've bullied him. They could have easily collabed with him, especially with Among Us coming out on the PS4, PS5, and the Xbox. Uh, it's quite soon, I think, it's coming out. But... Uh, on the flip side of that, I'm pretty sure when Among Us first came out, they had they got accused of stealing that idea from a mobile game. I think the game was called Town of Salem. So, like, yeah. like Yield says, it sort of goes around, comes around. The ideas all come from somewhere, but the Epic are just throwing the weight around, and they they just don't want to give him the collab. Yeah, I, I I think this is a pretty shitty move by Epic, honestly. I mean. One, you blatantly were accused of uh, taking the PUBG engine because it was made with Unreal. Uh, is it Unreal? Is it Unreal with uh, Epic? Yeah, yeah uh, Epic owns Unreal. Yeah, so you were already accused of basically stealing the code from PUBG and making Fortnite and adding a few things onto it. Now this is the second time within the same game that you're being accused of blatantly stealing another property's mechanics uh as you know mark pointed out they've got enough money and as alex pointed out they got enough money to throw money at the among us developers and be able to do a collab but instead they decided to steal it i that's just really well, also didn't they try to circumvent their deal with apple to try to get people to purchase stuff for fortnite outside of apple and more so within the game right because they Right, they that, that's what the whole lawsuit's about is that they create their own market, so they don't have to. The money doesn't have to go through Apple to them; it can go directly to them, so they can save. I think it was thirty three percent of the sale. I mean, and I mean whether or not you want to accuse Apple of being greedy by taking thirty three percent—that's a whole other question. They blatantly said we're going to put our product on your market, and then we're going to take all our payments directly instead of going through you. That's still a shitty move yeah so epic yeah. epic has not uh they don't really have a shine on them right now but i mean they have fortnite so regardless of what you think of their ability to develop games at this point they have fortnite and that's kind of even if they're no, if there's nothing else they have what they need yep. and of course they have the epic game store which you know they seem to be you know trying to get more and more people into well, speaking of things we don't need, uh, well, especially if you take Ask Alex or Yield's opinions, Psionics is currently actively working on moving Rocket League to the Unreal Engine 5, but cautions this will be a, quote, long-term project that will take some time. This, uh, this is not in the article, but this is also rumored that, that this them starting on Rocket League 2. This is coming from IGN and is written by Adam Bankhurst. Rocket League's potential shift to Unreal Engine 5 was spotted in a mock marketing copywriter job posting on Reddit, where it said this new Epic game, Psionic Employee, would help Rocket League move to UE5. Quote, the marketing department continues to build, on out, build out its team in order to maintain and expand its ability to support Rocket League's ongoing initiatives, as well as future Psionics projects, including Rocket League, Sideswipe, and Rocket League's move to uh, UE5. End quote. 
It appears that the line about Unreal Engine 5 has been since been removed from the job posting, but Rocket League Senior Community Manager Devin Kev- Connors replied to the Reddit thread to confirm this move was in the works. Quote, upgrading the technology that powers Rocket League, including the move to Unreal Engine 5, is something we're actively working on. This is a long-term project for us, and we'll share more details when we are ready to show our players what's coming next. Uh, it is also worth noting, uh, that was the end of the quote. It's also worth noting in the article that Rocket League fans, uh, now can play at a f- refresh rate, excuse me, can now play at a refresh rate of 120 hertz on the PS5 with the new update that just came out. While it may be a while before we see Rocket League engine looks in Unreal 5, we've already seen a few games, tech demos running on this new engine, including ones from uh, Gears of War developer The Coalition, Valley of the Ancient and Lumen in the Land of Nanite from Epic Games itself, and Black Myth, uh, I'm not even going to try to say, Wukong, I guess. So, uh, you three are uh, active Rocket League players, and I know uh, at least Alex and Yield, you have said many times that uh, you don't want to see Rocket League 2 uh, because the game ready looks good. What else could they improve on? So, Yield, I'm going to go to you. What do you think about the move into a new engine, or possibly this is the move to Rocket League 2? I really don't know. I mean... The game's fine the way it is, with the seasons and everything. So you've got, I, I don't see what you could do with a second game. Uh, upgrading to a new engine, uh, that could be maybe I'm just guessing here that it, it'll run better on the five. Maybe I I don't know, but I I just I don't see. Coming out with a second game, what that would do, since you've already produced a model for years that we just we just add. We've got the season pass where we add new content in. I I just yeah, and I don't understand what a new game would do unless you go. I don't know. I'm going to say a different sport, but that's not right. But unless you kind of shift your focus somewhere else. All right, Mark. I agree with you. I don't see what they can do more, much more differently, or, or even why that needs a new engine. Um, but until you see something, God knows who knows what Rocket League Two would look like. I'd like to see them do something different, but the seasons are fine. The the game modes are fine with the little tweaks and the little events that they do. They don't they don't need a new game, and I'm sure it's profitable enough for what it costs them to just carry on as as they are. Maybe they're using the engine for a, a totally different type of game. I don't know, but maybe they're just trialing it with with Rocket League. Um, but I don't think it needs to change. If they change too much, they could lose the player base that they've got. All right, Alex. So Rocket League, like you look at Ratchet and Clank, and Ratchet and Clank is one of those games that definitely benefits from looking better every generation. Rocket League is one of those games that's not going to benefit at all from looking better. You know, playing more smoothly better internet connections, uh, better servers. Like, yes, that can all help. Now, maybe the move to Unreal 5 is going to help in ways that we can't think of, and maybe it's not just purely aesthetic. I think eventually, if they're going to keep Rocket League alive, they will eventually have to use another engine. I don't think they can rely on, you know, the engine that they're currently using. So, I mean, at some point, yes, making going to Unreal 5 makes sense, although it ties them even closer to Epic, which concerns me because, again, Epic is... It, I. I don't know. Epic is is it, their motives are questionable at this point. So, 
not just in regards to Rocket League, but overall their actions as a whole. The other thing you got to worry about is if we are talking to Rocket League 2, how much of what I purchase in the game now and what I've earned can carry over to the sequel, if you're making a sequel. This is not a platform, because this is how you presented it. It's like, hey, we've gone from the 4 to the 5. You have a platform, and you have all your presets and everything, and you're buying all these goal scores and everything. I don't want to get a sequel to this game, and then everything I've purchased in Rocket League stays in Rocket League, and then Rocket League, Rocket League 2 is starting over again. And that's, that's my concern, is that, yes, you have an account... But is everything under your account going to follow you to a potential sequel? Or is, you know, everything, you know, are those other things not going to be supported under Unreal 5? Or, you know, however they develop the next game, if that is what their course is. Alright, my, my only worry with them moving to a different engine is just that, you know, and I'm not saying this, like, I'm, I'm spectacular at the game because I'm nowhere close to it. Uh, but... You get the people that are out there that have practiced for years, you know, the the control, hitting the ball off the wall, you know, flying through the sky. The new engine may tweak with that and may, you know, mess up people's controls of the game. Now, I'm sure Psyonix has, you know, obviously got that in mind and they probably have, you know, that's a high priority for them. But I think changing the engine is going to change the way people play the game. And that's what worries me. Uh, but, you know, just to play, you know, devil's advocate in this article or in this conversation, uh, all three of you have stepped up and said, you know, you know, the game, you don't know what else they can add to the game. But yet, uh, at least being yield have fallen into the the pattern of buying the, the Rock Band games. Like when we played Rock Band 1, I really didn't see what they could do different with Rock Band 2 then the 3. And now we're on Rock Band 4. So, I mean... I I give I have faith in them that they're going to do it right, but we don't know. And we, we until mean, like, we see, edition, we don't know what's going to happen. You get a pedal and a steering wheel. Because like with Rock Band, <laughs> with Rock Band, you could add more instruments for a, a total experience. But at some point, you top out at what you can add, and it just becomes about adding more songs, which is where they're at right now. Yeah, I I I would not put a Rock Band five behind us. I kind of agree with Alex. It's a little bit annoying, really, that that stuff don't carry forward to, to so it's a totally different genre. But a game like The Division, I really like The Division One, and I didn't see the need for Division Two. Just keep adding to the story that's already there, and let me progress that one character that I've got. Because you play that one game for, let's say, a hundred hours in your case, a million hours because you run it all the time. But you've spent that much time progressing that one character, and then they go, "No, forget that one." Is a brand new game. Move on to that, and they just didn't need to do it. It's the same with Rocket League. Alex and Yield might have spent thousands of hours customizing, getting every attachment for the car, and they're going to go, "No, here's Rocket League Two. Leave that. Leave that account behind, and we'll go with Rocket League Two. It's just unnecessary." What I liked with Rock, uh, Rock Band, uh, what I liked with the division is uh, for the twelve months leading up to. Uh, after they announced uh, Division 2, you could do things in the Division 1 that unlocked perks in the Division 2. And I did like that. And if they do something like that... But I, I think Psyonix... I, I agree with you guys. If Psyonix doesn't find a way for you to transfer all your car toppers, paint jobs, cars, and all like that straight to uh, Rocket League 2, 
I think it's a big mistake. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. All right. Let's move on to our next topic here. Uh, you know what? We're actually going to skip that one because uh, I don't want to shit on Epic this entire episode. Uh, this PlayStation, this is coming from uh, Comic Book Gaming, comicbook.com, and is written by Tyler Fisher. The article, name of the article is PlayStation Users Call for a Big PlayStation Plus Change. PlayStation users on the 4 and the 5 are calling for a big change to PlayStation Plus over on Reddit. For the month of August, PlayStation Plus subscribers were treated to a fairly lackluster lineup of PS4 and PS5 games. This lineup included Hunter's Arena Legends, Tennis World Tour 2, and Plants vs. Zombies, Battle for Neighborhoodville. Meanwhile, PlayStation Now subscribers got Near Automata, Undertale, and Ghost Runner for the month of August, which is a drastically superior lineup. And lately, PlayStation Now has been getting a ton of great games, so much that PlayStation users are calling for Sony to combine the two services. Quote, PlayStation Plus this month at, at, and play, PS Plus this month and last took a hit for PlayStation Now. Sony should seriously just combine the two as an option, writes one user on uh, Reddit. Remember when people thought PlayStation Now was worse than PlayStation Plus? These are some wild times we're living in, added another user. Of course, if Sony were to fold PlayStation Now and PlayStation Plus together into one service, it would result in a price or a subscription, or at least it's reasonable to assume as much. Both services currently cost $60 for a 12-month subscription. If the two were combined, it would cost as much as $120 a year. I don't think so. Uh, this is my personal opinion. They would discount it. Which because is what they, Xbox they would game lose so at. many people, so many subscribers, if they went to 120 There's no way. Right. Uh, which is what Game pa Xbox Game Pass currently costs. In other words, it would be reasonable price point and may upset each subscription service that don't want uh, the other. Okay, that's where the article ends. Before I let you guys make your comments, I also want to make a correction. On the episode with Levi, Levi made the statement that uh, Game Pass was $15 a month. Uh, he is right in one aspect, but what, he was, uh, referring, what I was referring to was wrong. If you just get Game Pass, it's $9 a month. What he was talking about for $15 a month was uh, Game Pass Ultimate, which combines the two services together and gives you a 25% discount. With that being said, uh, Yield, you referenced this because this was our last topic. Uh, you're bringing back a Donnie favorite. You, uh, the floor is yours, sir. You bunch of crybaby gamers. Come on now. How long have you been a PlayStation Plus member? I said this at the start of the month. All right. Let's revisit it for those of you who don't remember. There are good months of PlayStation Plus. There are absolutely astounding months of PlayStation Plus. And then there are eh, months of PlayStation Plus. We had just come out of a good, long, probably three-month period of really good PlayStation Plus months. I, for one, knew a downfall of eh months was coming. Because... We got to get ready for Christmas. We can't keep this up all year. PlayStation Now is getting really good games. Why? Because they're eligible to go to Plus now. I, you, you younger gamer generation, and I'm gonna go on a rant here. And if you hate me, I don't care. I just so you imagine, just so you know, I'm imagining the grandpa from Hey Arnold screaming into the microphone. <laughs> that, 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 that's fine. You feel you're entitled to all of this stuff, and I don't know if you guys realize how things ebb and flow. It, 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 it hurts my brain. 
I mean, eventually, yeah, they're going to they're, they're going to combine stuff because if anybody noticed when this PlayStation Plus lineup came out, what's the first thing you see on the store when you go to PlayStation Plus? Over a seventy dollar value. They're priming you for a price hike. That's the first thing I thought when I saw that. So it's coming. But just I if you force me into now, I'll probably split. Because I I have no desire for it. That's it. I'm off my soapbox now. Alright, so uh before I let Alice and Marco uh, your last statement, if they force now on you, you'd probably split from Plus. Does that mean you'd give up playing Rocket League online? Yeah. Really? Absolutely. I'm not I'm not going to pay a subscription for one game. Well, you also... I'm, well, I'm, I'm referencing Rocket League, but obviously there's other games you would play online. Well, then I wouldn't play no. online anymore. Knockout City, whatever. He's hanging up his World of Warships. All right, so uh, before I move on, Yield, I just have one more question for you. If they do combine the services and there is a price hike, what number are you willing to pay? Because right now you're paying 60 and that's just based. Obviously, we know you get the discounts in other places. I, 70 would probably be about it. Because I have no okay. desire for now. So if you're going to make it $100, I'm going to pay $40 for a service I'll never use. Why? Okay, I, I I keep saying I'm gonna move on, but I, I'm gonna I'm just asking you because you have you ever tried now? No, I have no desire for it because I I buy I support the developer because you give me so much shit for buying stuff on cheap, <laughs> right? I do, right? I do, and, fair it, and it's deservedly so because there are a lot of games I wait to buy cheap. The ones I want day one, I go get day one. Everything else, I pick up on the cheap. Okay. Okay. If I buy now, I am not supporting them any way, shape, or form in my eyes. Okay. I mean, uh, that's a that's a fair argument so, that I really can't so bad against. So I'm still going to buy physical, except for the except for the games that I can only get digital on the PlayStation Store or those few really old games or older games that they give a heck of a deal to buy it digitally that I can't go to the store and get it, you know, physically. Like, I picked up Division 2 because they had it for 5 bucks at the store. Or, no, I bought it f- f- uh, physical. Sorry. I bought, like, Satro 4 for, like, 10 bucks for everything. You can't go to the store and get it for that. So, deals like that, I'll buy a full game digitally. But, other than that, I'm, I'm buying physical. All right, uh, let's move on. Mark, how do you feel about combining the services? Uh, I, I kind of agree with Yield in, in terms of crybaby gamers. I've got to get that bit out first. Just uh, stop. Just stop. Like, I buy hundreds of... I, I counted them before because I knew I was coming on here. So I've got 550 PlayStation 4 games. So the chance of me getting something off PlayStation Plus is very slim. And I've had multiple months where there's nothing that I can get whatsoever off PlayStation Plus. 
but I, I'd never sit there crying and whinging that oh god my, my game that I bought last week has just come on and nor to, to reference Levi's point last week I don't feel ripped off either in the slightest that's my responsibility if I go out and buy a game day one and then it's on PlayStation Plus the next week then that's on me that's not on Sony that's my money that I spend they're not responsible for mis selling me a product but in terms of they should they should merge the two of them they should merge playstation plus and playstation now but they should keep it at one price and they should keep it at the price that playstation plus is and the reason for that is they've got to be competitive with microsoft because regardless of what people think games pass is significantly better than playstation now so they should keep it at one set price which is a lower price just to be competitive because i know someone was on a few weeks ago who said playstation now is better it's not being very realistic it's not even close i love playstation but it's not close to games pass so they have to be far more competitive and aggressive to keep people there all right I mean, the problem for you know sony is that are you really going to be able even the most diehard of fans like are you really it's going to be a tough sell to be like hey you have a subscription to playstation plus which is 60 dollars a year oh hey also get this subscription to playstation now it's not feasible economically for most people to go get both. So they've kind of backed themselves into a corner where, I mean, we've heard the number of PlayStation Now users is under 5 million, which is considering how many not only PlayStation 5s are in the wild, but also PlayStation 4s, it's a terrible conversion rate because people don't see the value in it because you cannot, I mean, what, there's, what, over 40 million PlayStation Plus users? There's about more than eight times the number of people who own PlayStation Plus compared to Now. It's all right. I, I gotta I gotta cut you off there a second because you said this last week and I didn't butt in. But while while what you're saying the conversion rate is not impressive, you also have to take into account that with all the PlayStation Fours that are out in the wild, not every one of those owners has a good internet connection so to, to sustain using now. So that could also be a factor. Yeah, but still, what three million was the number tricky? I, I'm looking it up right 3. now. 3.2 3. million. I've just looked, looked it up. That's what it's at. Okay. That's that's not good. And, like you no. I, I'm I'm not I'm not saying it is good and I'm I'm not trying to be a Sony apologist, but there just may be a reason that maybe people that want the service but they can't do the service because their internet's not that good enough to Okay, to, well to, then why do so many down? people have PlayStation Plus which allows them to play online, which you would need a good internet connection for. Maybe people are paying for that, you know. For cloud saving. Just for the free games? Free games, but yes. You, I mean, you still have to connect to the store and be able to download games. I think what, you, I think what you're assuming is that people have just such terrible internet connections that they, they, they struggle to play games online or whatever. Right, and I'm, I'm not trying to knock Yield, but how long did we record with Yield where we had to tell him to go get the hamster on the, on the wheel to get his internet well, going? Well, we made it through those times, and we still got, put out yeah. podcasts. But, I mean... So, for me, I think that they have an issue of, okay, hey, we bought Gaikai, and I'm sure that, you know, the Gaikai service is what's powering PlayStation now. Problem is, is that you have two premium services that you are asking people to subscribe to, subscribe to and I think that that shows that, yes, they've gotten a lot of people to convert to PlayStation Plus. They have not, however, convinced enough people or a lot of people to go to PlayStation now. So, what is the future of now? Because how do you grow your numbers when you're asking people to buy two separate subscriptions. I think eventually they will need to combine them and hopefully 
they do not hike the price that much. I mean, is it feasible for them to hike it when there's a monthly charge attached to PlayStation Now? And can you tack on $10, $20 to make up for that yearly to the PlayStation Plus? So that, that's their first big problem, is that they have two subscription services, and I think that, yes, you can sell people on PlayStation Plus. It is a lot harder to sell people on PlayStation uh, I have a legit question, and I don't think any of us could have the answer. With Games pa- Game Pass, do you download the games, or do you, are you streaming the games? I, I can answer it, because I own an Xbox as well as the PlayStation 5. Yeah, you stream them. You There's can a fox it. in the sheep's den. You, There's you, a fox you, in the sheep's den. <laughs> you can download them or, or stream them directly. Um, I, what, see, the problem is... It, is that every game? The problem is the reason I buy an Xbox is that I'll just buy any games. I want to play everything. So if if it's on the Switch, I'll, I'll I'll play it on just the Switch. If it's just on the Xbox, I'll play it on just the Xbox. But there is there is like I love Sony. I love PlayStation. Uh, that's primarily what I buy and what I play. Like Hades, I could have had it day one free on the Xbox, but I bought it for the PlayStation Five. And so that shows where 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 I'd rather play something. But if something's an Xbox exclusive, um. That I, I picked it up to play that, but wait, get, wait, get, there are no Xbox exclusives. Get, get, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That was going to be my next point when we get on to to, to previous episodes at some point, because um, <laughs> that, that 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 riled me up when I was in the gym. Um, but the game Games Pass is is elite. It really is elite. So Sony has to be aggressive. So to someone like Yield, who will go, no, I'm not having any of you any of your subscriptions. They have to be aggressive and offer it in for free on top of his PlayStation Plus and to make him use it and then further down the line when he's sort of hooked on it maybe they'll hype the price a little bit like Netflix then but you can't offer a mediocre product in comparison to what your competitors are offering and it is vastly mediocre in comparison to Games Pass Alright so just to confirm I, I you may have answered it and all that but I had to Shift my focus for a second because I was trying to do something. Uh, every game on Game Pass can be downloaded, or is it only? Yeah, no, you can download them. I play it on the, the laptop as well. You can download them straight to your laptop. You can download them straight to your Xbox. I've got two on my phone as well. So I play. I played The Walking Dead on my phone the other day. That okay. was linked to Games Pass. It's really. It is. See, it is really good. See, that's something else that PlayStation Now. Uh, I think if it, if PlayStation Now allowed you to download every single game onto your system and you weren't relying on the internet to play, I think it's sixty percent, seventy percent of their games. I think that actually would boost the numbers. I, I think I think there's other things they could do though, tricky. Like there's only play. Oh, there's, oh, there's obviously other things. There's only PlayStation Three and PlayStation Four. But if again referencing yield if they said to yield okay here's a thousand or two thousand playstation one and playstation two games that might be a little bit more appealing oh and they've got trophies that might be a little bit more appealing but there's none of that they're not referencing their back catalog and using it at all all right yield if they did uh release all the ps1 ps2 games on now would that entice you i i can't say right now (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm dying on my mountain right now, so I, I, I can't. See, I, I can't say if you can build that bridge or not. I, I, I think you're dying on your mountain, and I, just, I, I gotta tell you, I'm, it's the most passionate I've seen out of you in quite a long time on these shows. Well, it's stuff like that. Just it, it. Like I said, if you've been in this, in if, if you've played games long enough, I would say been been in the industry like I work in it. If you've played games long enough. 
you've seen the way things go. Alex is right. Eventually, they're going to combine the two in some way, shape, or form. And and Mark is right. You can't you can't come. You gotta improve now, and you can't combine them both and be like, oh hey, here's this major price hike, and not expect a lot of people to go. Well, well, screw you. You ain't getting none of my money. So. I mean, I, I know it's coming. Like I said, I saw that it said 70 bucks. You know, you're getting more than a $70 value this month. They're priming you for an increase. Now, what we talked about a couple months ago was that they were going to combine it with uh, Crunchyroll. So, it's stuff's coming. And it's ultimately going to be a matter of what they offer you to the price point that you pay if you feel it's worth it. Look at right. PlayStation Plus, like 60 bucks a month. Now the games are $70. If you get one big game a year out of PlayStation Plus, plus, you know, the cloud saving and all that, you have essentially... It paid for itself. That's your $60. Got your money's right. worth. If, theoretically, if you don't own PlayStation Plus and you just buy games as you want, you spend one, you buy one game, that's the cost of PlayStation Plus right there. So you would figure that, you know, indie games or, you know, there are certain games that are smaller and they don't cost as much, but... You buy one big game, that's your cost of PlayStation Plus. Like that's your value in PlayStation Plus at the very least every year. And see that that was my argument when we you know, quite a while ago we were talking about EA play. You know, me to play the uh the hockey game for thirty dollars a year, I'm saving myself thirty dollars by getting EA play because 'cause I'm paying thirty dollars for the year and I get to play the game where if I bought the game outright it would be sixty dollars. So that that's that's I, another I thing that. that's free on Games Pass. As yep. part, as part of it, I just don't understand why PlayStation sort of is ignoring how good Games Pass is as isn't competing with, well, with well, Games Mark, Pass. Our next topic will tell you that because it's a certain viewpoint that Sony executives have and even former executives have that yeah. they don't understand how Game Pass is making money. Okay, well, before we get into that, because I was asking you to do our listener questions first, let's do our listener questions. Time to check my social media, yeah. And our listener questions is part of the reason why, well, not part of the reason. <laughs> it is the reason why Mark is on the show because Mark was a little vocal in uh, Facebook Messenger. And I said, you know what? Just come on the show and. Talk Mark was to not us. the only one who was vocal. Well, that is true. Uh, but Mark, the reason. I brought, asked Mark to come on the show because of this. All right. So our first question comes from Sid the Man. He says, any listeners want to help him get through the multiplayer trophies on Doom Eternal or Host? Uh, unfortunately, Sid, I do not play Doom Eternal because it is first person. I don't know if Alex or you. I have Doom from 2016. I have not played it yet. That Getting the PlayStation 5 kind of threw a monkey wrench into that. But I, I don't own Doom Eternal. I would help Sid if I did own Doom Eternal. I, my brother I owns some Doom games, but I'm not sure which one he owns. All right, so if we have any listeners out there that can help Sid with Doom Eternal, please reach out to him in the Facebook group. Uh, with that being said, let's get to Mark's question. Mark, I know you're here, but I'm going to read your question anyway. Yeah, go for it. Uh, it says, going to go slightly controversial with the question. Now, he has several questions, so for what? just for show purposes... I'm going to ask Alex and Yield the questions, and then after we're done answering all the questions, because he has a couple questions here, we're going to let Mark go. Well, okay? How about we do the questions one at a time? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'm going to do the questions one at a time, 
and I'm only I only want you and Alex to answer, and then once I'm done, we'll let Marco on you know his point because obviously you know he has some uh, answers to his own questions. First question uh, says, listen to the past few episodes, not the host, but it's been quite anti Sony. Do you feel Sony is annoying their customer base? That's question one. Alex, no, I love the I, I have enjoyed. Having a PlayStation 5, it's a great console. I love playing on it. Uh, there are times when I'm not happy with some of the decisions Sony has made, but overall, I continue to buy... I bought every Sony console, aside from the the handheld ones. I, actually, Tricky bought me a PSP or a Vita, uh, so I do have a Vita, but I didn't buy it myself. But I have owned every Sony home console since the one, and I am a satisfied customer of Sony. Do I agree with everything? No. Do I buy all of their big games? No. But as a whole... I I am a repeat Sony customer because they've earned my money every generation. All right. Yield? Sorry, I was clicking on something. What was the question? Do you feel Sony is annoying their customer base? No. I mean, not recently. I mean, at the three, they kind of did, but their marketing has kind of changed. Recently, I really don't think so. They have fallen behind. They, they've... The lead that they had on Microsoft is not as big as it once was. But as as for annoying, no, because they've sold how many million PlayStation Fives even with the pandemic? So ten million. Ten million. So and even I say that's kind of skeptical, but that those are those are official numbers. Anyway, they're still selling ten million consoles. So I don't think they're over annoying. And a lot of people anymore, they're buying both. So you you really don't have that, in my opinion. You don't have that. Well, screw you. You've you've made me mad. I'm going to Xbox. Yeah, I think that what we've seen is, despite the fact that people have been annoyed that they can't find PlayStation Fives, they're annoyed because they want PlayStation Fives, and you see that demand for the PlayStation Five. And I would say that the demand for the PlayStation Five is higher than it is for the Series X and S. See, I don't think they're annoying their customer base. I I. I, like like Alex and Yield have kind of said already, I, I don't agree with everything Sony does. I, I think they do make some stupid mistakes. Um, and this is kind of leading into the next question uh, without answering it fully. But I do believe Sony... Uh, I do worry that Sony's going to get overly confident the way they did after the PlayStation 2 sold as well when the PlayStation 3 launched, saying, oh, you'll buy... You'll get a you second job for a console. It would have happened after the 4 because Sony, you know, Xbox was... 360 was doing a lot better than the PlayStation 3. And eventually, by the end of the console cycle, I would say that Sony was in a better spot than Microsoft. They did better than Microsoft for the, the 4 era. And I think if they were going to get cocky and stumble, it would have happened after the 4. Because they did have quite a, a, a lot of success with the 4. Well, the, o- the only reason I think that they're getting cocky uh, is because, a- a- as any you know anti-Sony person would point out, Sony's not really talking that much about what they have down the pipeline. I mean, in reality, what do we have coming down the pipeline? You had uh, God of War, which has now been delayed. You got Horizon, who which is rumored to be delayed. And then you had uh, Deathloop, which was delayed. And there's another game I'm forgetting. Ken- that was Kenya Ken- just got delayed. Ken is coming but is but is Kenya? I, I thought Kenya was going multi-platform. I'll double check on that. Yeah, I think okay. that's going. I think that's going to both. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, but Deathloop um, is also multi-platform. But, 
It did. Yeah. No, Deathloop is a PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, oh, the company's owned by Microsoft now, aren't they? Yeah. Right, the company's now owned by Microsoft, but yeah. Deathloop is a PlayStation exclusive. At least for a year. Uh, so um, it says but- that uh, Kenna Bridge of Spirits is coming out on the 4, the 5, and then Microsoft Windows. Oh, oh, then maybe it is a exclusive. I I apologize. Um, but it, it's the fact that we like Sony really hasn't been talking that much, and the fact that Sony, for whatever reasons, I may just be financial or just not a need for it, they've skipped multiple E3s in a row. We're now on the state of uh, state of the game or state of the play uh, press conferences. I, that to me. Just feels like it's getting a little cocky. I mean, and then on our topic of the week, we'll talk, we're going to talk about uh, Sean Layden, but I don't really have much faith in Jim Ryan leading the the thing. Uh, I do wish we had Jack Chetton back because uh, he was just he just seemed like an overall cool guy. So I my worry is that Sony's getting too cocky. But here's so the thing: like, do, are they annoying our customers? And you know, you mentioned the state of plays. I think the state of plays are a really good thing. They're very positive, just like Nintendo's directs. Nintendo does a really good job with those. Right, but they're, I don't think they're giving us enough information. Like, like okay, maybe I'm a little jaded, but with the E3 conferences, when that conference hit in June, you had excitement about what was coming down the pipeline. They spent anywhere from 60 to 90 minutes just dropping knowledge of what they had planned for the next year. We don't have that here. Here we are sitting sitting on our asses, twiddling our thumbs, wondering what's coming. And then even when, like, a, a, a story breaks that Horizon's getting delayed, we have no official confirmation from Sony. But yet every video game news site is reporting the delay. Why isn't Sony coming out and saying, yes, it's right? I mean, okay, so we talk about, like, people being pissed off at Sony. Does, every platform holder, like, if you own their console, you have a reason to be pissed off at them. Microsoft, are you not pissed off that they sold you a new console based on backwards compatibility and had no new games to launch with it? And to this point, have they had a big first-party game come out for the Series X or S? That, that, was, that, was, my, that was my whole point that I was talking to you about in that message, Tricker. That was my whole point right. about last week's episode was Sony get called out on everything. So when someone comes on this show, I feel uh, mainly I think they're baiting you, and I think they're trying to get a response out of you because yeah, they are trying to because they, <laughs> they do like to wind you up. But it's Sony sold these consoles without to, to scalpers. Sony haven't got this going. Sony don't have that. But Microsoft, I, I can go on eBay now and buy an Xbox Series X for seven hundred and fifty pound. So their their consoles are going to the same place. They've got the shortage of of stock as well. It's just that. I mean, I nearly said no one cares, but people do do want the, 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 the Series X, but they've got no games yet. The dig is, well, we've got Games Pass, but you've still got no games. There's no games there. I worry more about your console of choice than, than worrying about what everyone else is doing. I, I just don't understand the constant negative approach towards Sony when, like Alex said, the other games companies are, do, are doing just as bad. I mean, the Nintendo Switch are trying to sell Hades at £50, whereas <laughs> an actual physical copy, yeah, it, it, makes no, it makes no sense. It well, makes no sense. And when you go to Nintendo, you're looking at, yes, they have some great first-party games, and yes, they have improved their third-party relationships as well, but their online infrastructure is shit. Yeah. So... As a consumer of all these consoles, 
you've got reasons to be happy with all of them, and you've got reasons to be ha- to be unhappy with all upset. Of them. It's yeah. not just Sony. So, and, and right. as far as Sony getting more cocky, you know, I think that right now we have all the information that we need because right now, like they're feeding us information on you know they focused on Returnal and Ratchet for a while there, and eventually you know they, they've given us more on Horizon. They had a state of play on Horizon. We're going to get a state of play on God of War. Do we real? Do they really want us focusing on more than God of War and Horizon? Because they just gave us two big first party games, and I don't know what they have planned for the fall or for the holiday season. But as a PlayStation gamer, well, you know. But see, that's kind of. I'm sorry to ask, but that kind of, that's kind of my point is that we don't know what's coming. All we know about is Horizon, Kenya, and God of War. We don't know anything else, and that's what I mean to the anti Sony. You know, party that that's a valid, but discrepancy. But, okay, but like, if you, you are someone who says oh, it was an Xbox and you're pointing a finger at Sony, Xbox has come out. Phil Spencer came out and basically apologized for Microsoft for Halo Infinite before it has even come out. He that that's a bad. He move right basically there. is is basically trying to blunt the blow, and he has said in interviews that Halo will continue on after this. And, you know, even if Halo doesn't do well, it'll still go on after this. Yes, we know, Phil, because Halo is your bread and butter. That's your most important franchise. But comments that he made pre-release give me no confidence in that game whatsoever. To the point where if Sony said that about Uncharted or something, I'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, don't outright lie to people. Don't see Project Reddit. But at the same time, like, you've basically told people your game's gonna be crap before it comes out. And... All right, just in just in the interest of time, I'm going to cut you off because we have more questions to get through, and we're over an hour okay. already. But no, I, uh, like for me, Sony uh, is not pissing me off. Like I like again, every platform holder has something you can point at and be like, "That's shit." All right, so I I guess we kind of addressed this question already, but I'll ask it anyway. Do you agree with last week's views? Sony are selling their customer base down the rivers with sales and then free games. Alex, I'll start with <laughs> no. you. No, no, I mean, I mean, I. I don't think I think that there should be more aware of putting games on sale and then offering them for free down the road. But then, okay, so look at like working in a grocery store. There are items that go on sale from week to week. Like there's an item that's on sale, not on sale one week, and then the week later it's on sale. So could, should someone come in and be like, "I got ripped off because I bought this for full price," and then next week you didn't advertise your sales, you know, a week or two ahead of time, so I could have gotten cheaper uh, this for cheaper, you know, when it went on sale. If I waited um, a week. If I waited a week. Yeah, exactly. So I think Sony needs to be try to be more aware of that and not like put something on sale and then give it away for free. But it's not a perfect system. And everything we do in life, whether you go to buy stuff from Target or you buy clothes, you don't have a heads up on when sales are going to be. So you may buy something and then the next week it's on sale and you spend more money than you need to on that item. So, no, Sony is not selling people down the river with they're like no, I things could have handled right. it, been handled better, and they should try to avoid situations like that. But again, Sony made good on it by giving out refunds. Like, all right, yield. So the really the only real debacle of this whole idea of the question was Man Eater, and yes, that that was a debacle because Final Fantasy Seven as well. well. No, VII. no, I don't agree with the sorry yield. I don't agree with the Final Fantasy Seven one because that came out like a year before, and it was it was only because it came out free just before they released the upgraded PlayStation Five version. So it wasn't that 
that Final Fantasy VII had just come out the month before, and then it was free on PlayStation Plus. The PlayStation Five well, version came out before, but the one you got off PlayStation Plus, you did you couldn't upgrade to the PlayStation Five version anyway. So I, I didn't agree with the, the Final Fantasy sort of an analogy okay, well, anyway. To, to what what Levi's point was, and Yield, I'll, I'll I'll let you go after this. Uh, with Final Fantasy VII, Levi's point was the fact, well, with Control, um, with um, Final Fantasy VII and Man Eater, was the fact that they put all those games on a heavy sale, promoting it, and then after the sale's over, immediately after the sale's over, they gave it away for free. That was Levi's point. But don't the don't the developers? pay Sony to put their games on sale or to advertise their games as being on sale. So it's not so it's I, not Sony I, saying, here you go, buy this, buy this, buy this and sneakily handing it you for free. I think that I think that's just something that happens. I could walk into the British version of GameStop and pay fifty pounds for a game and then a month down the line it might be on sale for fur uh, it's just it's a risk you take whenever you buy anything. Alright, Yield I'm sorry we cut you off. So like I said, the, the real thing was Maneater. Because if you if you pay attention to the Sony sales, because I do, a lot of the games, or some of the games that you get for free, were offered on a heck of a deal three, four, six months ago. You know? And then now you get it for free. So you always, at least me, I always kind of chuckle and went, huh, I, I, I bought it, and I could have got it free for my plus, but oh well, I paid for it. Yeah, you got one on me. The Maneater one, see, because if you knew you were going to to give it for free, you probably shouldn't have had it on a really good sale the month leading up to it. Uh, I, I, other than that, I don't think that they're trying to mislead or hose us or whatever. All right, next question being posed. Where do you three fall... In terms of the console wars, slash the idea that this one or that one is winning a generation, and by this, do you feel as find it as pathetic as I do? Now, before Allison yield answer, Sid had an answer to this, saying console wars are pathetic. Personally, I don't think Sony are selling us short. It's typical human nature to see the bad and forget the good. The PlayStation Plus collection is a really good value. The day and date plus the day and date PS Plus games. I'm sure there's more, but I'm getting old and my memory is short. Are we all, uh, Sid? Anyway, my point is, in this generation, there's so far, there's been more good than bad. All right, so, Alex and Yield, how do you feel? Uh, do you think there is still a console war, and do you find it as pathetic as Mark does? I think, to a degree, we all got caught up on the console wars. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't on message boards, like, you know, just... Like with a flamethrower, other people would be like, "Oh, Xbox sucks," blah blah blah. But I think we all, you know, felt some sort of pride, you know, how silly it might be in the consoles that we owned, and we were happy that we got to play the games that we got to play, and maybe at some point, maybe have held it over people's heads. Personally, I think this is the way that I look at the current generation, and the way that I look at games going forward. As as much as we all can pick at Sony, Nintendo, and Microsoft for shit they've done, and you know, decisions they make. If you own one of those consoles, or you play on PC, or you buy the Steam Deck, or whatever you want to play on, you have a good reason to be excited about the future of your console and whatever you're choosing to play. Sony's going to come out with big games. Microsoft just bought a bunch of dev studios, and they've got a swath of games coming out. Obviously, Game Pass has a lot of momentum. Nintendo you know, has 
you know, after the Wii and the Wii U, they've recovered really well with the Switch, and it's a console people really want to play and buy, and there's a lot of great games on there. It's a great game library, even if you can't play online that reliably. But there's reasons to be positive about all three consoles, and the, and the PC as well. So just, if you choose one platform, if you like one platform or the others, just play that platform and be happy that you have something to play on. Like, the console wars, the fanboy wars, you know, you'd like to think that we're past it, but, I mean, you're, may, we may not be, but I, overall, just choose whatever console has the games you want to play, and then just enjoy playing them. Like, Alright, Yield? Uh, to me, I, I've said this several times on the show, to me, the console wars are over. Uh, they, they died uh, end of last generation, start of this generation, if it was still going on. I'm, I'm sure the, the younger generation, there's still a console war going on, but I mean, I bought an Xbox at, at one point so I could play Halo and Crimson Skies. Um, after that, I didn't buy dual consoles because, like Mark said earlier, Microsoft hasn't really put out games that I want to play. If they put out games that I'd want to play, I would probably pick me up an Xbox at some point, but they don't have that. You know, I've owned every Nintendo iteration but the Wii U, and I'm seriously considering getting a Switch, mainly because of the first-party Nintendo games that I would like to play, and they've got a good library of them. So, to me, the console wars are over. You play what you want to play, you pick your loyalty, and play the games that you want to play, and and go with it. And even if you're a PC guy, you know, whatever. Whatever floats your boat, man. Go, go do it. See, when it comes to the console wars, I think the console wars are dead. But I think there's a bad side to that, too, is because as we've seen you know, with other products and other things, competition breeds uh, uh, a drive to be better. Yes. And if if in in this case, I mean, just take the the conversations we've had in uh, just on this show uh, and you know previous shows. Game Pass is kicking the ass of plus. Excuse me, of now. So, Sony needs to step up their game if they want to stay in the competition. And by Sony stepping up their game, it benefits everybody, including Xbox gamers, because now Phil Spencer's got to turn around and go, okay, well, fuck, Sony did this. How we are we going to be? We got to be better. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, and we, so, and we said the same thing when Microsoft made that huge spending spree and bought all those first party games. And a couple of them, we were like, darn, now we won't get to play their games anymore. But if you go back and listen, on the flip side of it, we we're like, but we as gamers win because now that's going to make Xbox their game department more relevant. And that's going to push Sony. Their developers, game developers, to first-party developers to be better. So then we win, right? And, well, you look at the business models of all the companies. Like everyone's always said, the Nintendo was not directly competing with Sony and, and Microsoft, and now Sony and Microsoft's plans have diverged, where they're no longer on the same business model, and they're kind of doing their own things. They, of course, maybe in you know some direct competition, but they both have their own business strategy which differ pretty greatly, as we've seen with the introduction of Game Pass. So, and, you know, people, when Microsoft and then Sony, Microsoft did other acquisitions, and then 
Sony went and bought Housemark, you saw people talk about an arms race, a video game's arms race, where people were just stocking up on developers. I don't think that's what it was. Microsoft, I think, needed to bolster their first-party studios, and they knew that, and they made some key acquisitions, some very pointed acquisitions. I don't think that that was necessarily like a strike against Sony. I think that they needed to do that for the, the health of their own internal like games division. With Sony and Housemark, it just made sense because Sony had such a good relationship with Housemark that, you know, they're like, okay, you know, yes, when somebody when you buy somebody, it's like, hey, we're not going to let you create games for anybody anybody else, so we can, you know, laud the fact that we have your games exclusively here on our console. But I don't see it as a strike against Xbox. I see it as, hey, this is a good relationship we've had because you know. We mentioned it before, Microsoft has, now has over 20 owned studios in the, uh, under their umbrella. Sony only has 13. So you, you think about the lifetime of Sony, you know, with their games division coming to fruition in the 90s. You know, 25 years, and they only own 13 studios? I wouldn't call that an arms race. So I think that looking at it as an arms race is kind of... I mean, maybe it's just a concern overall for the health of games industry or the fact that, I mean, just like people see it as a bad omen. But I think it kind of lends itself to how we are still, some like in, like some of us still think in the, the fanboy wars. And I know that Joe and Curtis were uh, people who kind of spoke out, you know, about like the video games arms race. And I'm not saying that they're fanboys or they're trolling anybody or anything. I'm just saying like that whole thought process of, oh, these purchases were done to hurt the other companies. I think we don't need to look at it like that anymore. I don't see it as an arms race. I just see each company trying to help and improve the internal well-being of their own companies and strengthen their own game divisions. And, and like in the case of Housemark, Housemark kind of need, like maybe needs a bad word, but they really benefited from Sony buying. So I, I think that that's kind of we see some of the the vestiges of uh, the or the fumes of like fanboy wars in that oh these purchases are like done more to hurt other companies than to strengthen themselves all right and uh mark's last question and then we're gonna let mark have the floor for a few minutes are you happy with where sony is going in terms of what you expect with your gaming experiences and or value for your money uh yield you first uh i think so i've always said that uh plus its best value is the sales you get on games. At least that's where I get my value for Plus. Um, as for my first party or AAA games, I, I think so. I mean, they're putting out really compelling stories, um, which I enjoy. And as a gamer, um, I think that at time this is a different soapbox of the question. I think we get too critical that we want everything to be you know, a 10 game when really if you had fun with it, then it was worth your purchase. So, All right. that, that that's where I stand with Sony. I think they're, they're in my wheelhouse. They're making games, even the indie. I mean, you, people who listen, fans who've listened to the show for a while, I made fun of indie games for the longest time. And now I'm buying a lot of indie games because they're they're making stories in my wheelhouse, or that it interests me. So I'm I'm good with what I got. All right, I'm gonna go and say because uh, I don't make either. I don't answer. I give. I go last. Uh, I'm not gonna say that I'm happy with Sony. I'm gonna say that I have faith in Sony. Uh, granted, PlayStation Four was a huge success for them, and it 
through that generation, they have earned my trust in knowing what the hell they're doing and doing doing good by us between the games. I mean, uh, I I I have faith that they have a plan. Um, and I know I'm kind of contradicting myself here because I said I don't have a lot of faith in Jim Ryan, but. Uh, I think there's enough people around Sony between Shuhei and Herman Holst and whatnot that are going to give us and uh, give us what we want and make sure that we're happy in the long run. So, am I happy with them? No, but I do have faith. Alex, I am happy with Sony. You look at last year and the praise that was heaped upon Ghost of Tsushima and The Last of Us Two. They were two of the front runners in every consideration for Game of the Year last year. They purchased Housemark, which I think was an incredibly smart purchase. They gave us Returnal and Ration Clank Rift Apart. Uh, I haven't had a, play, a chance to play Returnal, but Rift Apart is fantastic. Potentially the best Ratchet Clank game that's ever been made. And you also have a game, a pack-in game with the PlayStation 5, which itself is a great console. Launch, you know, was mired in problems, but I, I have one and I'm thoroughly enjoying the console. Uh, Astro's Playroom was a great introduction to the DualSense and also to the console itself. And I'm looking forward to playing Horizon Forbidden West. Don't know if I'll jump on God of War as soon as it comes out. But, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons to be positive about Sony. I think they've done a really good job. And, of you know, again, problems with the launch of the console aside, which a lot of that was out of their hands. I think that the games we've gotten, the, the quality of the games we've gotten, and then just the fact that the PS5 is such a great machine and they're building upon the successes of the 4, I am I'm happy with Sony. I'm very happy with Sony. All right. Uh, Mark, we have uh, asked you to stay silent for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, these were all your questions. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, exactly how you feel? I, I was I was just baffled, to be honest. I was listening last week, and I was I was actually in the gym because I'm training for a marathon, so I was on the running machine, so the podcasts are perfect because they're like an hour and a half long, so I can measure how long I'm running. And I stopped mid-running. And was like, that's nonsense. And I said it so loud that people in the gym turned around and was looking at me. I just don't understand. I can't understand this constant, and I read it on Twitter as well, constant Sony bashing. When, And I think I said this to you in a message before. It went, Microsoft are pulling the exact same tricks. But the constant go-to is, yeah, but we've got, we've got Games Pass. And it's like, it's not really a defense. I, I own both consoles, and... There's no games for either console. If I had to pick one, I'd pick the PlayStation because I've had Ratchet and Clank, I've got Returnal, I've got uh, Demon Souls, and I've had a couple of games. But I don't, I don't understand how there's so much negativity towards Sony. Yet Microsoft seem to be relatively left alone when they're releasing nothing. They've got a couple of games coming down the line, but nothing's out as of yet. And I, I was just so confused by Levi last week. I was so, I, I've listened to him before, and it, he talks a lot of sense, but I was just so confused. I was so confused by everything that he was saying, and I didn't agree with a lot of it. I agreed. The only part of him that I agreed with was when he said, I'll buy, buy a PlayStation 5 down the line after I've racked up a big library of games. That, that I, I, I understand that. I can agree with that. But I, I don't understand the, the, the need to call Sony out on absolutely everything that they're doing and um, when like like i say i feel like other games co developers and, and and companies are just as bad if not much worse 
Microsoft, but the topic of the week answers a lot really in terms of Microsoft and Games Pass because I don't know whether that's all it's cracked up to be or whether it's in terms of what the product they're offering now, it's amazing. But you've got a question, little we'll get onto that in the topic of the week, but you have to question parts of Games Pass and how feasible it is and what the longevity of it will be. And, and and what it'll be like in five or six years in comparison to what it is now. But I just didn't get the criticism. I don't understand why you'd come on a PlayStation podcast <laughs> and and tear shreds off Sony. I just didn't understand it. I well, I, I'm going to say a little bit of a troll answer, but you uh, you never really expect much out of the. Uh, the underwhelming so when they do underwhelm us there's not really anything we can knock them for they have to impress us first before we can say oh no you're fucking up they have to put out something that we can criticize and they're not putting out anything it's not even just them though if you take nintendo like alex has said before like nintendo's first party stuff is amazing and there's not enough of it they've ignored so many of their franchises they just keep ignoring so many. And the ones that they do pump out are priced higher than Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima. It just, it, 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 yeah, that's okay. They'll buy a Switch. Well, I mean, pump, pump money into Nintendo. I mean, if you want to throw shots at Nintendo, I mean, you look at the, how they've held the, handled the Zelda 30, or Egg, 35th anniversary. Exactly. It's awful. Exactly. It is pathetic. Like, the fact this was coming up and you had time to plan for it and what you've given us is all you've given us, it's terrible. Like they've completely wasted the Zelda fifth anniversary, um, so I. I, th- I think that Nintendo know they've secured the Jap- Japanese market, because the Japanese market gone totally towards handheld and mobile, and it, the consoles don't really sell massively in Japan anymore. So they know they've secured that market. So all they have to do is promote their products to the Japanese market, and they will continue to rake that money in. Um, but yeah, you're right. Zelda has just been ignored. Uh, all they give us was Skyward Sword HD, and and uh, oh, and, 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 a, and a D- DLC for the uh, Dynasty Warriors: Age of Calamity, which I'm sorry, no one was asking for. Mm-hmm. But there's tons, there's tons of their first party get games and franchise and IPs that they could have gone with. I mean, there was Kid Icarus, they've ignored that. Donkey Kong, they've ignored that. There's so many. Of well, they, they did have Tropical Freeze for the Wii U, which they brought over. Yeah. I mean, you would like to yeah. see a new game from them, but that's more than they've done with Star Fox or F Zero. Mm-hmm. Metroid, they've sort of teased for a while and and done nothing with. I mean, the one thing with Sony is. And sometimes to their own detriment is if they get something the fans like, they they, they beat it to death. Yeah, I mean, like I said, there's reason to pick it all three game mm. makers and and platform holders. I think that, as you said, Mark, I don't think that it's right to pick at Sony and then just your ultimate defense for Microsoft is, well, Game Pass. I mean, sure, great pa- Game Pass is a great deal, and maybe that is. Microsoft's like maybe that's going to be one of those things where they their future site is is perfect and they're going to have just such a lead in that market that they're that much stronger. But it can't be your defense for everything because if you're going to have Game Pass, the the idea behind Game Pass is you know unlike PlayStation Now, we're giving you the newest best games that we are offering, and Microsoft needs to get those games out before people can grow about them. So. It doesn't matter how good your service is if there's not new Microsoft games to play. 
Yeah, I think I think with 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 each of the three different consoles, you know what you're getting. Sony sort of offer these massive story-based games, usually open world. I don't know what Microsoft offer at this point. I don't Halo and, and Gears of War and maybe Forza. Um, they bought Bethesda, and that's why. And soon Hellblade. Sorry. sorry. I was going to say, and soon Hellblade. Yeah, I mean, they've got Hellblade, and they bought Bethesda. That's the only reason day one I bought an Xbox, because they, they bought Bethesda, because regardless of what people think of Bethesda, they make very good games. Starfield will be amazing. The next Elder Scrolls game will be amazing. The next Fallout game will be amazing. That's a fantastic purchase for them. Um, and I don't dig on any company. I think they've all got, they've all got the, the, the bright points, but they've also got negatives, massive negatives. Um but to, but to just pick on Sony repeatedly, the only things that users have spoken about hundreds of times, Sony have massive things they need to improve on. But one console's got no games this generation, and one console's actually got games this generation. So if you're going to pick at any, probably pick on the one that's got no games. Well, and, Fair and, and honestly, like with the Switch, like they had a head start. Like I bought a switch in, in 2018 i think it came out in 2017 maybe i mean it's bound for a while now so trying to compare the library of the switch to the ps5 or the xbox series x isn't really fair because they've had years head start because they're not on the same cycle as you know sony and microsoft all right we're gonna cut it off there uh alex one two five four, or five this portion of the show is brought to you by twitch prime did you know that Amazon gives you $5 to give to your favorite streamer every month? If you link your Amazon Prime account with Twitch, you can sub to any Twitch page for free. You have to renew it every month, otherwise Amazon is just going to keep your money though, so remember. So why not just give it to us instead? Alright, for our topic of the week, it is coming from PCMag.com and is written by Matthew Humphreys. Uh, headline is Summer for... Former, former, former. So, former Sony CEO suggests Xbox Game Pass is only viable with 500 million subscribers. Now, I'm going to read this whole article because I think it's very interesting. Go give it a click, please. When console games cost sixty dollars or more, or a ten dollar or a fifteen month subscription with access to that same game is an easy sell. But according to Sony, former Sony executive Sean Layden, it doesn't work as a business model unless you are also managed to scale your user base to 500 million paying subscribers. Sean Layden's career includes stints as COO of Sony Network Entertainment International, CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment America, and chairman of SIE Studios Worldwide. Last year, he also pointed out the cost of game development double in every generation of console hardware is unsustainable. So when he starts talking about the game subscription services, he's backed up by a wealth of experience working in the industry. In his latest interview with GameIndustry.biz, Layden details that with an obvious point that doesn't get talked about too often. Quote, it's very hard to launch a $120 million game on a subscription service causing, charging $10 a month. You pencil it out, you're going to have over 500 million subscribers before you start to recoup your investment. End quote. When you consider the number of people that who own games consoles today is around 250 million, if Layton is correct, Microsoft would need to double it in order to make Xbox Game Pass a viable business venture. And not just double it, but have every one of those 500 million people subscribing to play games through its service. 
Layton goes on to say, quote, people don't buy consoles because they want to steal more steel and plastic in the living room. People buy consoles because they want access to the content. If you can find a way to get the content into people's home without a box, then yes, indeed. Everyone has a streaming solution of some form. Most of it's limited to whether or not you have a decent internet connection, and they haven't constructed the business model that works for that yet, end quote. The most successful streaming services from games is Netflix. The service has been streaming content and growing its subscriber base since 07. But even with the worldwide subscribers totaling over 209 million people, the company's debt rose to $15.6 billion this year, up from $14.7 billion last year, according to Simply Wall Street. For now, it seems that the best comparison available for the future of Game Pass, and it does little to counter Layton's comments that it can work that it can't work without a massive subscriber growth beyond the size of the industry today. Microsoft is fully committed to Xbox Game Pass, with Flight Simulator being the last premium title to be offered at no extra cost to subscribers. Of all the companies out there with a gaming division, Microsoft has the cash to continue to support a loss-making subscription service until a time where it could reach 500 million subscriber mark. So the question is, will it ever get there? That is an unattainable amount. I mean, you look at the best-selling console in the history of the world, video game-wise, it's a PS2 at 155 million. I, I don't understand how they could ever have 500 million subscribers to Game Pass, ever. And, you know, Microsoft has said that it is profitable. That, like, Game Pass is profitable. So I don't know... Like, Layden, again, comes from Sony, where Sony has basically said, we don't understand how you can make money off of that, developing big-budget games. And I think a lot of us feel the same. But Microsoft has said that it's profitable for them, so, like, if, if the number truly is 500 million, if that's the magic number, and you have, what, 30 million? Yeah. Yeah, how... Like, is Microsoft, like... Can they really sit there and be like, well, we're just going to take a loss until we get to 500 million, because from 30 million to 500 million, the you're never going to make it. You're never going to make it. How how long has Game Pass been a thing? Uh, two years now. Two years. I was gonna say three or four. Yeah, you're. You'll never make it there. Like you would have to fold your game division if truly you're just hemorrhaging money like that. I I don't know how that's viable. Like I don't know how you could ever expect them to get to five hundred million. And I don't uh, I don't think that people who work at Microsoft are stupid enough to be like, well, we'll just hemorrhage money until we get to this unattainable point. Like maybe they've. They, Maybe they have the magic bullet and they figured out the secret that Sony can't seem to figure out. But for Microsoft to... If, if this projection is true and Microsoft... They would have to be stupid to, to continue this. And of course they can't... They can't fold Game Pass. Of course they're fully behind it because if they ever take Game Pass away... Microsoft, people will just abandon the, the Xbox. Why would they play on Xbox anymore? Alright, Game Pass launched on June 1st, 2017. So four years ago. Yeah. Honestly, for the deal that they have, I would expect them to have more people. Like, the fact that it, uh, it's not past PlayStation Plus is crazy to me. Because with what they're offering, you figure that more people would easily jump on that ship. But I hate to say only 30 million, but you would think that their numbers would be higher than that. I don't know. I just don't understand how they could ever get to that number. And if, you know, Microsoft is waiting to get to that number to be profitable. How are those people running a video game company, a successful video game company? Or an arm, a successful arm of a larger company? 
All right. Uh, shoot, hold on. This can't be right. Okay. It says uh, I just because you're comparing uh, you you're comparing Game Pass to PlayStation Plus, which is it could be arguably it's not a, a fair comparison because one gives games, the other one is required for the online service. So I looked up the number according to VG twenty four seven com on April thirtieth, twenty twenty. It says Xbox Live had 90 million monthly users. Okay. And and uh, just another headline from Windows Central, January 26th of this year, it says Xbox Game Pass has over 18 million subscribers, where we talked about on the episode with Levi, uh, now only had three. I'm looking up the PlayStation Plus numbers. So, okay. I, I did not know that you had, like, how the subscription service worked out. So they have a subscription service, kind of like Xbox Gold, and then on top of that, you have to buy Game Pass. Right. Which they're, is probably... They're not, they're, they're not combined. Considering that they have 90 million users subscribed, you would then assume that that's how... That even if they are losing money on Game Pass, that their games division is profitable because of their subscription service game, uh, uh, Xbox Gold, or whatever it's called. Okay. According to ScreenRant.com, uh, Sony has 46.3 million PlayStation Plus subscribers. So, it doesn't... As, as long as... as their gold subscriptions are profitable, profitable enough. It doesn't really matter if Game Games Pass is ever profitable by itself. Yep. It just needs their other areas just need to to bring it up. Where micro Game Pass is a selling point for their games and for their consoles. However long they decide to have a, a, a box in people's living room, but if their other if their other you know markets or the, the other uh, memberships can pull it up, then Game Pass never needs to be profitable. All right, yield. If uh, I've learned anything over the last several years of gaming, it's that Sony puts her foot in the ground and then quickly retreats. And I mean that by um, Microsoft does cross game chat and Sony isn't going to do it, and then they do it. Same thing with cross uh, gameplay. We're not doing it. Gamers kept crying about it. They got it. Um, you know, the gamers are crying about, you know, they want a version of Xbox. They want now and plus combined. They're probably going to get it, even though Sony can't understand how it makes a profit. I mean, I still can't understand how it makes a profit because you're giving away a... a a, all your brand new games day one, I, I'm still confused as how they make a profit on it. There's got to be some kind of advertising on the back end that we just don't know about. But anyway, I'm, well, my point is, is eventually you're going to see Sony go to something of a Game Pass type deal to combat Microsoft. Because they always event, at least they always have lately have gone to a similar thought of what Microsoft is doing. Well, okay. It's, to be fair, they do have a Game Pass equivalent. It's called Now. But I think what you're saying is that they're going to drastically have to improve Now to compete. Well, yeah. I, I honestly, I wouldn't compare Now and Game Pass. Because Now gives you games six months, a year, or whatever down the road. 
Whereas Game Pass, you got a backlog, and you're getting games the day they release. So you really can't compare the two. They're similar, that, that's, but they're not the that's same. That's a very fair point. All right, Mark. I think I think like I said before, Games Pass is amazing. But the bundle that you get, so Game Pass Ultimate, that is um, Games Pass at the, the well for you ten dollars. But then you've got the the Games for Gold included with that. So that's that, Xbox yeah, Live, yeah. Yeah, so that all comes together the Game Pass Ultimate. But I, I'm sure I've just read it makes around two hundred and seventy million a month. So about three three billion a year. That's what they're currently making on it. But the more triple A games that they publish free day one, the more that's going to eat into that profit. So that's why they're, they're coming up with this mythical number of however many million that they need. I think that what they've done is they've looked at Netflix, looked how popular Netflix is, and they thought, we can do that with games. I don't think they can, realistically. I think what's going to happen, and this is, this is speculation, but I think what's going to happen is you're going to see the games take a hit because of it. So the games aren't going to be as long, or they're not going to be the same quality. So what might be a Bethesda's 100-hour game is going to become a Bethesda 20-hour game because it's got to go on to Games Pass, so they can't dedicate the amount of funds to it. So I think that's the big risk with Games Pass is, ultimately now it's amazing because you've got this back catalogue, you've got Hades free day one, you've got a flight simulator game free day one, but... The more and more games that come out, as we've said before, there's a dead space at the moment of nothing coming out, absolutely nothing. So they're being drip-fed games, but the more AAA games that come out on that, the more money it's going to cost at Microsoft. So it's going to become more and more demanding, and I think the quality of the game is going to slip. I, I For me, with, I, with Sean Layden's projections there, I, I mean... They may be correct, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but to me, it's like Sony has just, they basically kind of thrown their hands up in the air and said, we don't know how this is working. So you're essentially assuming that the, the execs in Microsoft Game Studio are just fucking idiots and they don't know what they're doing to assume that they, could, they will run the service and theoretically never be able to get to that 500 million point. Um, I, I just, yeah. I don't know. I think Microsoft's smarter than that, and I think that they have found a way to make it work. I mean, they, they say that their games division is profitable. I think I mentioned earlier that they said uh, Game Pass is profitable. I meant to say that their games division is profitable, and a lot of it's probably due to their subscriptions, and as long as uh, you know they are profitable, they can just use Game Pass not as a money-making tool, but essentially as a marketing tool to get you to play their games and you know to become a subscriber of their service. I think Microsoft have made no... no- secret of the fact that they just want to be a streaming service anyway so i i wouldn't be shocked if games Pass appeared on everything and they don't have to produce a console so don't be shocked if it ends up on the switch i don't be shocked if it ends up even on on the playstation because yeah i was gonna say there's there's heavily rumors that they're, they're gonna make an xbox game pass uh app for the playstation and uh well i got a survey not long ago i don't know whether you've got it in america and the survey was um are you happy with PlayStation Now? How many hours do you play it? Blah, blah, blah. Do you have Games Pass? Do you like Games Pass more than PlayStation Now? And it was a weird little survey that they sent out by email not long ago. Um, I, w- I wouldn't be shocked. And I think it would be quite a clever move. Because that's the only way they can make it profitable. Is by hitting every single available outlet for that, that, that for, for, for their Game Pass. There's no way they but, can... But even- 
yeah, even with the three console, even like uh, if it's on the Switch, the PlayStation Five, and the Xbox, you still can't hit five hundred million. If they did um, tablets, <laughs> mobiles, um, they'd have to. They'd have to. I don't know how they're going to do it, but they'd have to offer it on mass on every single available device. An app on a smart TV, they'd have to do it that way, and I wouldn't be surprised. So they didn't have the cost of making the next Microsoft console. All right, let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Let's do some shout-outs. Uh, Alex, start us off. Give a shout-out to the listeners, the fans, the fuel to the fire that is Trophy Horrors. Without you guys, we would not continue to do this. We would not be quickly approaching episode 500. So uh, wherever you jumped on the ship, whether it was episode 1 or whether it was episode 491, thank you for supporting Trophy Horrors and supporting us. We appreciate you guys so very much. Shout out to Tricky and to Yield, as well as a big shout out to Dupes, to Mark, for coming on here. Tricky just reminded us that it's almost 2 a.m. for Mark, where he is. <laughs> so uh, thank you, Mark, for, for coming on to, uh, to to let the people know what's up, to tell them how it is. All right. Uh, Yield? Uh, oh, sorry. I, 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 sorry. I, no, I was, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I a chance there to respond or say something. I know. And, uh, you know what it is? is I'm, I'm trying to make sure I make an announcement and I saw as you stop talking. Uh, and I cut you, I cut off your last shout-out, the most important shout-out. Yeah, I want to give a shout-out to my loving and awesome girlfriend, Ashley. We actually went to a Greek festival yesterday, had some delicious Greek food, had some delicious Greek beer and wine, got to listen to some fantastic Greek music and do a little shopping at the little market they had. So uh, it was a good time. We love our Greek food, especially when it's baklava. So I love you, honey. Thanks for... Uh, Thanks for sharing all the adventures with me. All right. Yield. Shout out to Tricky and Alex for recording tonight. Shout out to the special guest, Mark, for coming on here, having great questions in the listener mail. That was that was really good. Um, shout out to Homer and Nitro for Rocket League Thursdays. Um, I'll, I'll give... I don't want to give any more shout outs. I'll give a shout out to the fair because I went to the fair, local fair the other day and got my fair food for the year, so I'm good. So I'm glad the fairs are back, and I guess oh, and the fans, the pimps and the mouths with the whoredom. Thank you, you all rock. That's it. Later. All right, Mark. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to you three. Thanks for having me on. It's always fun. Um, definitely want to shout out. Homer and John of the Facebook group. We have our own little subsection of the Facebook group now that no one else really knows about where we just talk about RPGs. So so found other people who are as, as weird as me, really, to talk about those sort of games with. Um, and a shout-out to my little dog. I had, a, I had to take her for a little operation today. She, she had a, a big cancerous tumour removed, so it's a bit dark, but she's sort of sat next to me now recovering, so she's, she's had a massive operation. She's got quite a big scar. So she's looking at me weird. And a shout out to my mum, because believe it or not, my mum listens to this podcast. Oh, no. Yeah, no, she does, she does. She thinks she's a very odd. She thinks it's very odd. She doesn't I mean, understand I, at all what's going on. But when I was on last time, she started listening. And now she can't stop listening. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm trying to think know. if I've said anything super embarrassing. <laughs> I, that's what I'm doing. Her. No, she she quite likes Yield and Alex. Tricky. Yes. Shit. 
She thinks you're loud. <laughs> Sorry, bro. <laughs> she thinks I'm yeah, loud? She, thinks you're, she says he's a very typical New Yorker off the teller. So, well, wow. you, you are, well, yeah, I would go with that statement. I'm surprised because I think I'm the loudest of the group. Well, we, we, we lower your microphone. I, I, th- I think it's Alex's accent that, that sort of, she, she, oh, this, that, I'm pretty this, sure this, that's why she's. Oh, that Kentucky yeah. twang. The, sub, the southern listening. draw. Yeah. So, All right. Uh, just, I, I, I don't even know how to move on from this. Yeah, so. Hey, Tricky, the world does not revolve around you. How did, hey, Mark, has your mom ever asked why Tricky pronounces mozzarella like moose rail she, she's never said on any of anything about the pronunciation she's very baffled why the, why the show is called trophy horse <laughs> 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 she does she doesn't quite understand that but and I, well for I let, first i want to give a shout out to uh mark's mom <laughs> <laughs> now i'm gonna be a little bit more conscious when i talk <laughs> uh i guess somebody's mom listening to us i well, i guess we have moms listening to us but I guess somebody's mom She's 660 wow. odd as well And she watches me stream And stuff like She loves games But she just can't play her <laughs> Aw oh, I right. love that Shout out to Mark's mom So uh, <laughs> Want to give a shout out To Mark's mom Obviously <laughs> Shout out That's to awesome. right, You've got to start shouting uh, out. <laughs> Well we, we were doing Always rolling And uh, What were the other ones I forget Awesome J. Uh, awesome J. Awesome J. Uh, th- now it's just going to be a Mark's mom shout out every, at the end of every episode. Uh, shout out to Alex and Yield. Shout out to the listeners. Thank you very much. Shout out to Sweet Mama D. Uh, now, uh, the, I'm dropping this news on the co-host at the moment. Uh, if you were wondering why this show got released late, it is because next week we're going to have Jeff Hanna on the show talking about a game that was announced the day the show is coming out. So we had to delay the show so we don't supersede the announcement hey. that Saints, the new Saints Row game is being announced. Okay, there you go. I was going to say, it's already on the internet. It's already on the internet, but we were asked uh, not to blatantly say it until this point. So uh, where the show normally comes out at 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, it is going to have to be delayed until the afternoon to not supersede that announcement. So, so basically what he's saying is, I'm going to cut him off here. If you got questions for Jeff about Saints Row, put him in the comment or put him on Facebook. Yes, because Jeff will be on the show. We're not exactly sure what he's going to be as, uh, be able to answer, what he's going to be saying, but I have secured his first interview after the announcement to be on the show and be on Trophy Horse. So if you have any questions about the new Saints Row game, anything within the Volition, anything within Deep Silver, uh, which I don't know if he's going to be able to answer too much because I don't think he's too much involved in Deep Silver. But the point is, if you have any questions about Saints Row, Johnny Gad, or whatever, put them in the Facebook group. I will make a, uh, a, a thread uh, directly for Jeff. And uh, we'll ask him every single one of your questions. So until well, next so week, is, is it, it before you end it? Would it be safe to say that we're really not going to have topics next week? It's really just going to be Jeff. It depends. Okay. <laughs> There's super big news to pop out. Well, yeah, super then big we, news. Yes, but but we're not going to have any run through topics. There you go. Until next week, happy trophy hunting. Happy Saint Row Day. Later.
The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash evenphilippines. 